0: Good morning, Good morning, and, and welcome, welcome to Zero as of a Day. I'm your humble host, Pastor Lorenzo Neal,
1: hailing from Cajun
0: Land, USA, here to present you with seeds of wisdom, insight, insight, empowerment, and liberation. And liberation we are a show that is, engaging, that is in engaging and promoting knowledge that's empowering. And, uh, and uh, we and are always are here, here to invite to you, our listeners, to knowing and, and
1: impact impacting
0: the world around you. And, and as always, there's Ways you can join us on this eliminating journey. Uh, the primary way, if you want to get your voice, thoughts, commentary, dialogue on the air live, you can call 347 237 5230. That is the number to call to get uh, your commentary live on the air. Also, the chat room is open, so you can go to Block Talk Radio Zero Today and get in on the chat room and share your thoughts there. Uh, I want to invite you to go to our Facebook page, the Zero Network on Facebook. Pastor, Niels, Pastor Lorenzo Neal Zero Network on Facebook. Join the page. Like it. Uh, you'll find uh, updates. you find archived shows, links uh, from as long as we've been on that page. Also, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, the show handle is at Zero Radio. And my personal handle is at Prophesy. And also, you can hit us up uh, visit the website, LorenzoTNeal.com, as well as hit me up with my personal email, PastorLorenzoNeal at gmail.com. It's another day's journey. It's the end of August. We're getting close to the fall. Football season is here. I know many people are excited, and we've got a lot that we're going to be talking about. The subject we're going to be talking about today regards... Mm, uh, black patriotism, the Black Church and patriotism, Black activism, and all of that that in, is 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 engaged therein. We want to talk about that. And the primary question we're asking: Does the church have a responsibility to be patriotic in a world, in a country that forces it to exist in the beginning, to begin with? So that's what we're going to be talking about, of course. And I would love to hear your thoughts and get your uh your your insight. Especially in, in light of this uh, political season So there's a lot going forward. for uh, But before we go any further Let's go to the Lord in prayer Father we thank you We praise you for your day For this is the day you've made We rejoice and we're glad in it Lord uh, we ask that you will go with us And stand by yourself To go through this broadcast Let the words of our mouth And the meditation of our heart Be found acceptable in your sight Lord our rock and redeemer Amen So uh, It's been a crazy political season, and there's been a lot of things going on. And I want to, again, uh, encourage those of you who have not uh, to not only pray for the people in Indiana and in South Louisiana and South Mississippi, where Indiana, they had the tornadoes that ripped through. um, And I believe South Carolina, I mean South California, Southern California, they had the fires that have been going on. And, of course, in South Louisiana and South Mississippi, Uh, Horrible flooding that have displaced thousands And um, we want to encourage you to support your local um, Those local charities and uh, agencies that are providing assistance Um, Encourage you to donate to the Salvation Army To the Red Cross And if you have um, There are plenty of other ministries there uh, in the area And around the country that are uh, helping and they do need your support so please do so uh be generous in your giving and your donations uh, dry goods uh clothing um, um sanitary goods bathing goods things like that that's what they're in most need of so um we've we've been supporting for the last week and a half and we want to encourage you to do so um to help our neighbors all around this country that are in need particularly though in uh, the areas that I mentioned, where there is still displacement and distress, um, uh, there are so many people and and my friends and former members who were affected by that, and so many others. So just be generous in your giving, and taking consideration that when you give, it's given back to you, and benevolence is is best as uh, a, a, a show of love. Uh, that's the best thing you can do is be benevolent towards your brother and sister. All right, that's that's my pitch. But remember again, uh, those agencies that you can contact, your local agency to find out, uh, and 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 make sure that you you're given to reputable agencies. You know, there are a lot of scammers out there. All right, so let's jump into some news real quick. Uh, one of my favorite rappers of all time and. He's a decent actor too, uh, but D.M.X., Dark Man X, uh, uh, Earl. What's his first name? <laughs> I can't think of his first name. Uh, uh, he he has been in and out of the headlines for a number of reasons, largely because of his jail. You know, he's been jailed on a number of occasions. He's he's uh, experienced addiction. He, uh, he's experienced homelessness. He's been, you know, uh, he's been a chart topper as a rapper. He's been a star as a, as an actor. Uh, and yet he still has, you know, he, he went through the stage of, of rejection, all kinds of things. And I remember listening to him as, you know, back in the day, and of back I wrote a whole paper on him in grad school on one of his songs, Who We Be, did a rhetorical social study of that, that particular song, Who We Be. But anyway, DMX has always stated that um, you know, he, he grew up in the church and, and even though he, he embraced the, the life of the streets in Yonkers, and even though he proved to be a thug, the hand of God was always on him, and he 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 told the story, and I remember this. And you know, that um, once a woman, a lady, prophesied to him that he'd be a prophet. Well, it seemed that prophecy has probably come to pass um, not long ago. Uh, Dmx <laughs> uh, mentioned that he he's just pretty much accepted his call to preach. And that he's always wanted to be a preacher, and um, made a step closer to to doing that. He, he in a church in Phoenix, he uh, preached a sermon and, and talked about miracles and things of that nature, and it was. I I caught a clip of it, and again, I want to give commendations to uh, Ann Brock and Old Black uh, Church uh, for this particular story and um, the server. Uh, I think uh, Christian Post also posted this, so it, it's it's saying it's saying a lot in this mit, in the midst of, of, of what we see in as people leave the church. It's still a testament that God can change lives, and and despondency can bring you to a point of either turning away from God or turning to God. And apparently, he's taken the latter part. He's turned to the Lord, and we. We only can wonder, see what becomes of that. You know, I think about a lot of secular artists who um, you know, they got spiritual. Uh, more recently you think about Prince, uh, God rest his soul, you know, and, and in the latter part of his life Prince uh, adopted the religious perspectives of the uh, I want to say it was Jehovah Jehovah's Witness. Yes. Uh, became a Jehovah's Witness and and, and his music reflected his faith, his new embraced faith. And I think about other artists particularly I, I think about um Little Richard and Al Green and and how those guys embraced uh spirituality and of course you know the story of little Richard. He became a an a preacher and pastor at the Amy Church and uh I, I eventually, he returned to music, to secular music, uh, because <laughs> you know nobody was nobody was recognized to him, and he he started everything. <laughs> but the, the reality was, you know, he felt he felt a, a need to uh to follow what he believed was his calling, and I'm not sure if he's still in ministry or not. And we're thinking about you know uh, the Reverend Al Green. I've had the privilege of going. Of uh, uh, visiting uh, Reverend Al Green's church in 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 the Memphis area, and I tell you, it was wonderful. The dude can preach, uh, <laughs> and and I thought it would be a conflict at one time. I thought you know that he'd have his secular music and you know and whatever, but he didn't. You know he he still had that soulful sound, and and you know he did make a return briefly to secular world. Recorded some uh, more inspirational themed albums that was soulful that still resonated his soul secular experience but uh had that gospel kinda of, uh twinge to it so it it seemed not to really conflict with what he was experiencing or ex- and as he was then. He and you know people respect it and respect the Reverend Al Green. And so, you know, things like that it's a testament to what God can do, and uh I, I want to come in again, brother Earl uh soon maybe be to be Reverend Earl, and I hope people don 't just start calling him pastor and i I hope people don't just you know he doesn 't become an in demand speaker because of this conversion, you know because that's what happens uh a lot of times celebrities become exploited by the Christian Church, and it does more harm than good because we want to believe in the power of god to change lives and so we put them up there and we allow them to testify of how bad their life was before they came to saving knowledge of of christ and and then the pressure becomes on them to maintain that image of you know whatever it is so i, I hope and pray that that doesn't happen to him as it does to so many and you know watching our gospel music awards. Oh well, I don't watch. Them, <laughs> but seeing the in, inter um uh, interjunction of secular artists on gospel shows uh gospel music or uh gospel artists on secular artists music just like uh this latest album with uh Frank Ocean who's a rapper, secular rapper and he's been out the game for about 4 years but He's back he has an album that's out and uh it features kim burrell who was uh you know uh, uh a famed gospel artist and pastor so it's you know there's very in the black community there's a very very thin line <laughs> between it but i again I just hope that it doesn't lead to exploitation of of any kind uh, so and that's that my two cents on that but continue to pray for him and uh his his journey. Yeah, you know, we're still wrestling with some technical difficulties with our microphone. So, good thing we have backup here. All right, uh, there's another story, and this one, uh, this one is crazy. And again, Tan Brock and the Old Black Church. I came across this, and if you don't subscribe to the Old Black Church, uh, I want to encourage you to do so. It's a wonderful page. <laughs> there's so many other, uh. Um, Websites and places That I get a lot of information from But this one is probably one of my Go-to sites along with Church Folk Revolution And several others uh, That I cannot think of right off top of that But there's plenty other than the Christian Post Black Christian News Network uh, I mean there's a There's a a lot of plethora of them That you can go and get uh, Whatever type of information you want Gossip (laughs) But anyway I came across this story and we we talked about this guy uh, before uh, the prophet David E Taylor, and we talked about him on several occasions because one of a few years ago, if you remember, he he was he went on record predicting who would win the Super Bowl, and God gave him the prophecy of who would win the Super Bowl, and that team lost, <laughs> and that didn't stop him there. He went on and did his crusades or whatever, and then uh, about this time last year, a year ago, something like that, it was a scandal of of a uh, deposition that he was in, and and it was a weird deposition. I mean, he didn't know anything about his own ministry, (laughs) including his driver. He didn't know who lived in his house. He didn't know where his house was. Uh, He didn't know anything, at least that's what he wanted them to believe, and it it discredited him from a lot of things. But that didn't stop him, apparently. He still has followers who are following him, and he posted on his Facebook page, and I I subscribe to his Facebook page. Don't ask me why, but I do. (laughs) Uh, On his Facebook page recently, he... uh, Stated that Through a Inbox message on Facebook Facebook messenger That he was able To release the resurrection power of God To someone and they were dying And they had been dead And raised from the dead uh, And here's here's the story um, Raised from the dead David Taylor commands her to live Through sending a text message From Facebook uh, Thank you so much it, that's who she, uh, she calls him dad The doctors were so amazed My mom speedy recovery She was dead for 40 minutes But God resurrected her After clinical studies They tried to give her a diabetic pill And guess what She was healed from her diabetes as well She doesn't need to take her medication no more She will go home today Thank you so much for praying for us This was yesterday That's power What do you need resurrected That is in your life today A marriage Relationship Blah 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 Yada 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 and ask him to call his prayer line and a prayer of agreement and receive resurrection power. Now I, I never doubt uh the prayer of faith. I never doubt um what the scripture says that the um fervent effectual prayer of the righteous availeth much. I do not doubt that one bit. I am a testimony and a testament to that, uh, God's healing virtue and all of this. Now, to exploit someone, uh, to say that she was clinically de- or to say that a text message, uh, a prayer through a text message caused this woman to be uh, raised from the dead is, is a, I don't know what to say. Um, well, yeah, I do actually. It, it's a uh, a fallacy uh, It's a good fallacy It's a fallacy because uh, It's a good fallacy because people are going to believe You know, There are going to be plenty of people Who read that And they're going to say oh, wow this man is powerful I I look over all the other stuff Because this happened uh, But there's a fallacy uh, Causational Correlation Which basically uh, And I probably didn't even say that right But there's a fallacy Uh, that says just because something happened does not mean that uh, another event happened, caused it. So just because, for example, uh, uh, I walked to my mailbox, and I just prayed, and I walked to my mailbox, and there's a check in the mail for $50,000. I cannot necessarily say that that prayer that I just prayed was automatically answered just like that uh but god has divine providence so before i even prayed <laughs> he could have already put that you know upon the person's heart or released the funds and i was unaware and i only was focused on the need and next thing you know um i focused on the need and finally pray about the need and boom the results happen but um I didn't I didn't explain it well, but I hope you get to understand. You get the gist of it. Just because one event happens, uh, and another event results from what you believe happened. So, not saying that prayer doesn't work, but not I'm not saying that uh, we don't know what he prayed. We don't know what he texted in the instant message. You know, uh, but anyway, I'm not trying to be maybe. Uh, Maybe I'm just hating on them. Maybe I'm hating because I don't have that power. (laughs) That could be it. I'm I'm hating because I don't have that power. Um, Well, if I don't, God knows. Maybe I don't need it. Who knows? But anyway, uh, it's just that we need to be um, not so quick to say um, uh, that man of a woman of God you know is so powerful that uh and I understand where we get this from, you know, that they did something spectacular and we that that proves that they are a man or woman of God even if they've been discredited. We're we're seeing that more and more, you know, I think about all the uh the traveling evangelists back in the day who had a lot of gimmicks and could do things that made it seem like God was healing them. Killing persons and made it seem like they were operating in particular giftings of the spirit and, and it really was anything other than, you know, technology helping them out. But uh, we, we don't need to, we, you know, we don't need to be so gullible. And I think that's a big problem. I'm going to take a break. And uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to get into the topic. And I would love, uh, you know, I'm, I'll be rambling anyway, but... Um, yeah, three four seven two three seven five two three zero is the number uh, to call. I hear your thoughts on this topic. Does it pay to be black and patriotic? What's the new black church activism should look like? What should it look like, and and things of that nature? And we'll be back right after this. of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. I'm part of a place where I'm always challenged to do more. I am a part of a place where I can be involved. I'm a part of a place where everything is possible. I'm part of a place where champions are made. At the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff, you can get an affordable education with competitive degree offerings, diverse student population, and stellar faculty. Become part of a place where you can get everything you need to succeed. Become a part of the pride at the University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff. With the Name Your Price tool, you tell us what you want to pay, and we give you a range of coverages to choose from. Who is she? That's FloBot. She's this new robot we're trying out, mostly for, like, small stuff. Wow. Look at her go. She's pretty good. Pretty good. Hey, FloBot. Great job. Oops. Uh Uh-oh, FloBot is broken. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. Call or click today. How much money do you need to make each month? That's the first question we'll ask when you decide to start your own home business through incomeathome.com. As a success coach, I'm here to guide people, like Karen, who needs to earn ser- serious money from home. We were living payday to payday, and with four teenagers at home, we were worried. By the third month, I was banking more than $2,600. After only 18 months, I was consistently earning more than $7,000 a month. Now it's a six-figure income and I'm paying cash for college for four kids. We found our way out of rat race. Listen, this isn't selling soap or energy water to your friends. This is a real business bringing potential customers to your computer so you can earn money 24-7. Incomeathome.com is affiliated with a multi-billion dollar company and carries a triple A rating. So, how much money do you need to earn each month from home? Visit IncomeAtHome.com right now for your chance to win $1,000. I wasn't born to push papers. I was born to push myself. To go where I'm needed. To keep this country safe. I was born with the backbone and brain power to take on any mission. This is my office. I was born ready. GoCoastGuard.com Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and we're glad to be here with you this morning, and glad that you're tuning, up, tuning in, and we'll remind you that you can always catch up on any archive show simply by visiting com slash zero today, or visiting Pastor Neal's Zero Network on Facebook, and catch up with all those past archive shows, and you can download them on your Android device, or your iPhone, iTunes, they're available on that, so, and I encourage you to do so when Thank you for that Alright so let's get into this The topic that we're going to be talking about this morning uh, Does it pay to be black and patriotic uh, um, And the new black church activism And you know in recent years The black lives movement has gained momentum It's being funded It's getting millions of dollars into it has a lot of uh, <laughs> diverse leadership And uh, But the primary talking point is, you know, primarily speaking up against the injustices uh that black people face. Uh, particularly uh the focuses on that related to uh uh police. And that's that's good. We we need to address that. It needs to be uh there is a, a an uncovering in America, like never before. It's an uncovering that we're seeing that has been seen it's, it's nothing new, you know, it's nothing, it's absolutely nothing new. This has been going on since the founding of this country, uh, but what makes this this uh, particular uh, existence of it is the fact that, you know, it's readily revealed. We have the technology now where everything's being captured, so what was once done secretly and then shoved behind court law and all that stuff is now being openly, you know, it's being done openly, and we're seeing such a, such a, uh, crazy, presidential race. Both persons who uh, by the major parties, they just the Democrat Republican, both par- ber- both persons people uh are finding it hard to believe that both persons have come this far and received their party's nomination. when you look on the Democratic side you, you have Hillary Clinton who uh by experience uh would probably be considered the well the most qualified person. You know, she's been uh she's been basically in government uh the better part of her life. You know, working for Barry Goldwater later married to Bill Clinton and serving as First Lady of the State of Arkansas, and then First Lady the, you know, of the country, and then a U.S. Senator, and then Secretary of State, and now uh, the Democratic Party candidate for president. You know, when you look at the span of about 40 years or so, if not more, there are... There is a lot that she can she can bring to the table, but when you look at her character, when you look at uh, the morality surrounding her and Bill Clinton, you, you have to really say, you know, is this person worth being president? You know, the clouds surrounding Clinton before he was, you know, as he was governor of Arkansas and then even as he was president of the United States, that's, you know, all the things... That uh, that that shadowed them, on you know that that hasn't gone away. And Clinton's bill is still highly admired, uh, particularly among uh, the blacks. You know, we still high, and even though we have uh, uh, President Obama, uh, up until him, up until him, you know, there was no other politician as revered in the black community uh, as Bill Clinton. You know, yeah. Well, I take that back. You know, if you were, if you grew up in house like I did, you know, you had, you had that picture. You had uh, John F. Kennedy, MLK, and uh, Robert F. Kennedy. (laughs) Those Kennedy, or you know, you or you had the Kennedy brothers and MLK in the middle. (laughs) They, they were the Reverend one. And and, well, anyway, maybe y'all didn't. I did. But we're seeing a shift, and we're seeing an uncovering an apocalyptic, if you can, uh, a revelation. You know, we're seeing this happen, and it's it's creating an environment for a, a very pivotal environment for the Black Church. And I, I presented the question: Does the Black Church is the Black Church obligated to provide any type of patriotism? Political uh, political uh, Solidarity Or support For a country Or in a country One that did not want them To be engaged in this system And two uh, Forced To be to, uh, Forced the black church in particular To exist as it exists today uh, Now think about this Uh in, in recent, and in, 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 when I think about, uh, let me let me digress. Let me digress. I, I talked about Hillary Clinton. I did not talk about Donald Trump. Let me talk about Donald Trump. Now, as a conservative, I, I don't hide the fact that I I ascribe to conservative values, principles uh, that uh, are were reflected at one time, strongly reflected in the Republican Party. That That is not the case anymore. I don't know what's going on at the national level and even sometimes at the state and local level. I, I wonder why the Republican Party is shifting away from its core principles uh, and, and is trying to strategically uh, attract minority va- voters who, if they express what they really articulated, if they articulated what they really believe, the principles they really stand on – they wouldn't have a problem attracting those voters uh, because those voters share more likely those those uh, values, you know, fiscal uh, uh, responsibility, limited government, you know, much freedom. They're pro-family, and that's questionable for a lot of these conservatives now. <laughs> but all those things, um, and here they put forth Donald Trump of all persons. <laughs> To be their moral and political leader in this uh, in this election cycle, and it blows my mind because think about it now. In 2012, they rejected uh, Mitt Romney, and they questioned the evangelical Christian, uh, largely the white evangelicals were like, "We can't vote for him because he's a Mormon." Forget the fact that he's faithful to his wife. Forget the fact that he upheld solid. Uh, Conservative views, he's liberal on some things and conservative on things, and you know he was a good moderate. You know, he appealed. I mean, he's wealthy too, so that didn't help. But they rejected him. You know, they didn't they didn't really support him. And think about it, in 2000 they supported Bush. They ran, they came out in droves for Bush because he gave them that image. You know, he's a married man with children who had been converted authentically converted and wasn't ashamed to share his faith right and so overwhelmingly in 2000 and 2004 this particular voting block went for uh for george bush and in the african-american community during that particular cycle that particular election cycle uh a lot of blacks went with george bush they under in 2000 and 2004 they went with george bush well you know Some went with Gore, but in 2004, definitely, a lot of them went for George W. Bush. And, you know, some may never admit it, but they did. They preferred him over uh, John Kerry. And um, so anyway, by the time Barack Obama was uh, getting popular in 2007, 2008, uh, and eventually winning the, uh, the presidency, the election they did so because a lot of the black church black members black people voted because you know they believed in the message of hope change you know uh, yes we can and with the expectation along with some white voters with the expectation that he would bring this type brain that will reflect the unity that the country seemed to have experienced and it has come you know reflecting over the 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 generations that finally, you know, and I I remember talking with my grandparents and talking with other older uh, persons uh, who remember what it's like when they weren't able to vote. Who remember what it was like when, you know, they they rallied and marched and to see this great thing happen. Uh, And so they, you know, they they had that hope. They had that was not a cynical hope. It was an authentic hope. And for some people, you know they now they're seeing the disappointment of that hope, but nonetheless, we see donald Trump, we see Donald Trump and the rhetoric that he has presented bringing out the worst in good white Christian folk, and we're seeing black pastors uh supporting him for whatever reason they are. They're doing it, and um you know I need or will I don't want to get ahead of myself so we're seeing this this junction, this intersection and this very pivotal moment for the black church and now what's happening is <laughs> the the black church is being tugged. And, and again, I, I use the black church in the general sense, and I'm not. I know a lot of people will say, "Well, there's no such thing as a black church or a white church or a Latino church. There's just one church with one body in Christ, and that is true." But culturally, <laughs> yeah, we don't worship the same. Culturally, we don't ascribe to some of the same practices, and and and, uh, and so that's what differentiates when I'm when I'm talking about the black church. I'm I'm speaking culturally. I'm not talking just politically, uh, culturally, and, and we're seeing even within the black church uh, a cultural shift as more persons uh, uh, share or begin to espouse more liberal views, particularly just in the social area, you know. Um, in the social area, we're seeing a, a a move, a more progressive movement in the black church where we're, we're trying to... Uh, wrestle with the very very difficult uh taboos in our community one being homosexuality uh transgender and all that stuff um and all that is that is associated with that uh, the other one is really speaking and feeling liberated to speak against uh injustice systemic injustice now what makes this what makes this New political uh, activists front, different from the one two generations ago during the civil rights movement, is while the church was the was the thrust for that movement, uh, politicians realized that the church is still a thrust, but not a great thrust. It's not as we're well, not as influential, and they realized that. Don't Trump realizes he has a long way to go to really, really uh, reach out to the blacks. And and while he's going to be speaking next week, I believe it's the third, at at Bishop Wayne T. Johnson's church in Detroit, Uh, if you're not familiar with that, uh, Wayne T. Johnson is the founder of the Impact Christian uh, television network. And um, he's a very influential, uh, I guess, bishop in uh pentecostal charismatic movement the black Pentecostal charismatic movement and he uh, some in i think he's in the detroit area yeah he's in the detroit area uh so he's if if you follow last year and earlier this year Donald Trump met with pastors black pastors, and uh the majority of them were affiliated. Uh, were non-affiliated by that they were either independent charismatic churches Uh, they were not affiliated with the nine uh, or uh, yeah, the top nine black denominations which is the African Methodist Episcopal Church the African Methodist Episcopal Zion Church the Christian Methodist Episcopal Church uh, the National Baptist Church USA uh, National Baptist Progress uh, what else I'm missing something (laughs) <laughs> uh, National Baptist of America The Progressive Baptist Church uh, The Full Gospel Baptist The Church of God in Christ And the Pentecostal Assemblies of the World I believe those are uh, You know not I'm not putting them in in ranking But I was trying to uh, Go off the top of my head But if you pay attention He did not approach those groups For example uh, The groups that he is uh, uh, Or the blacks who approached him There, Well You do the research particularly for those uh, There's the one pastor in Richmond, Virginia Who uh, got into the Verbal war With Jamal Bryan on air Shortly after the press conference Or the meeting at Trump Uh, And I can't even think of his name So I don't even know why I threw that reference out there Um, They They have a Self-serving purpose And while they may have thriving churches and communities, they are loose. They are individualized, autonomous, and they're not connected. And the only connection that they have is the fact that some reason or another they think they're going to benefit from having Donald Trump in, uh, in the White House, plain and simple. Whereas when you look at these the denominations the, the that I had mentioned prior, when you look at them, he hasn't approached the leadership of these denominations if he has they have not mentioned it i know uh when we had our when the african methodist episcopal church and the african methodist design episcopal church had their general conferences this this past summer uh invitations are always extended to politicians and persons who are interested you know things like that. it's always extended and you know uh, no show and he has not reached out to these the leadership of these these particular agencies because he he doesn't know the value okay and he doesn't know the value because he only knows his value and so the question still remains why do we feel as a black church in general that we have to support a political system that did not want us involved in it. Think about that. Even in 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 1863-65 when these uh when the amendments were passed freeing the slaves and and granting them all these things, you know, and I forgive me for not being um able to say on, off the top of my head the amendments specifically, you, you know, um, even after that, uh, in the South in particular, uh, they meant, They found a way to negate that liberty to us. And then, you know, and I and I talk about I ask the question, you know, why should we? What do we feel obligated? Should we feel obligated because the country did not want us engaged in this system? Nor did the church. The white churches didn't want us engaged in the system of faith. That's why we have a segregated church today. That's why we had our own denominations. You think about, even with the church of God and Christ, and I I say this because uh, the Pentecostal movement was one of the first interracial uh, spiritual movements in this country, if not the first. Uh, When you think about the Azusa Street uh, revival, Under um, William C. Moore And and all those persons who attended And were filled with the Holy Spirit And went back and spread this particular doctrine And you think about uh, C.H. Mason Who, in you know, he had already formed The Church of God in Christ As an independent Baptist organization And how after not only preaching sanctification But also began to preach uh, The doctrine of speaking in tongues and how he was alienated from the Baptist Association, but connected with those who were like bonds uh, white and black started to you know and uh, you know the Church of God in Christ became an official movement, but racism affected that, and lead, it led to uh, the founding of the assemblies of God so even in that in that particular from that particular perspective we were not wanted and yet now they know they must pander to us they must pander to us and i i i honestly i i hate when they do it i i really do hate when they do it simply because of the fact it it, it gives us the it it gives us the idea that we're only good when you need us. you need us in church for your music. you want to have that soulful feeling so you need you need us. you need us at your political movement because you don't want to feel as you're being discriminated and all of that, and you want to present the idea that you're being sincere when your forefathers. And some even, you know, didn't want us. So why do we feel obligated to even give our support to political systems that don't want us in there, both on the political, side, on the Democrat side and on the Republican side? Now, on the Democrat side, we may have more faces. We may have more people of color, black Americans, elected as Democrats, but we don't have power think about it at the at the national level. you have the congressional black caucus, and they are effectively ineffective. They don't have the 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 bloating the voting block to to insist on change they basically you know they're they're insurgents of the democratic party. And it does no good for us to have them representing us where they're just going to present to them, present to us what good old white master told them, a political agenda that is not in the best interest of their own people. And I said it, and I mean it. And the Republican Party, even though it's the party of Lincoln and even though it's the party that freed the slaves, even though it's the party that promoted the civil rights and and, and all of that, even though – that has shifted, and now we got these good right, white racist bigots who <laughs> don't want to be. They don't want to admit that they're bigots. They don't want to say that they're bigots. They they want to, you know. But it's coming out now with Mr. Trump. It's coming out, and they're still trying to say, well, no, we we have your best interests. We know what's good for you. We can do this. Blah 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 yada yada yada. We got to stop falling for the okie doke. Now, the black church owe a commitment to this country that forced it to exist in the first place. Think about black pastors now. Should black pastors be... uh, Should we demand that our members be liberated politically and unified for the purpose of black identity? Should we be about nation building instead of church building? Where's our political influence? And I know there are pockets where... Uh, in this in this country, where pastors have a wonderful sway, of political influence, and I know so I can speak plenty in the in African Methodist Episcopal Church. I can speak plenty. You know, you think about the names. Think about uh, Benjamin Hooks, Leon Sullivan, uh, Fred Shuttlesworth, and so many, many more that you could think about, who who used what they had as pastors to empower. And liberate their people to vote. And now, we, 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 we only have small pockets of that. We cannot seem to be or, or demand that our people be liberated politically. We don't have to vote R or D. We don't have to. And when we demand as pastors... When we are ourselves accountable for our moral vocation and our obligation to empowering and liberating and preaching a liberating gospel then we will see the effects of that. And I think about Howard Thurman's book uh, Jesus and the Disinherited. And if you haven't read that book, you need to go read that. That's that's a masterpiece. And the first in the first chapter uh Dr. Thurman breaks down the mythology of the image of Jesus, you know th- defining jesus and what he said is amazing is powerful. He talks about him going over to uh as a student to India and he's speaking with uh the instructor who is Hindu, and the instructor uh sits with him privately and says to him he he goes down the line he says, "I don't understand." How could you uh, serve this Jesus who is a representation of oppression to you? And he goes back to how, you know, brought over in slave ships, how colonialism influenced uh, uh, slave uh, behavior and reinforced the oppression, and how slave masters used Christianity, the very words of Paul the, God, Paul the Apostle to keep people enslaved and how that mentality has flooded through the area and he being a Hindu, he couldn't understand how this man, this black man, was a person of faith in Christ and Howard Thurman said this caused him to think and to really reflect on who the person of Jesus was and how Jesus identified as an oppressive person under Roman control, politically uh, you know, disadvantaged, oppressed, all that stuff. And how Jesus identifies with those who are in like person, in like existence. And today, in that same state, we're more prosperous than we've ever been, but we're still in a state of systemic, civil, and political oppression. And that is being maintained unfortunately by the church for some reason I don't know why we're not why we're afraid to shake up the system we collectively, even if we vary by 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 thoughts, even if we ideologically we vary, if we could still empower and be liberated. Can you imagine the change that we've forced this country to have? White people are scared. I read an article uh, just the other day about um, uh, the the death of the white Christian church or white Christian America or something like that. I can't really recall. Um, and the gist of the article is that uh, white Christians feel that uh, they're, uh, they're losing their identity in a more blended America. You know, in a multicultural America, uh, they feel, particularly white men, and and this is being expressed when you see white men respond angrily to <laughs> uh, uh, incidents like uh, Kaepernick, uh, I don't even know if I said this wrong, you know, the quarterback, and his refusal to stand during the uh, Star-Spangled Banner, and although we only sing one stanza, there are three stanzas, and one the uh, one of the stanzas is a clear, clear uh, homage to slavery. You know, and I wouldn't stand for that myself. Matter of fact, you know, I I don't put my hand on my on my heart when I sing. I stand in detention and, and uh, maybe that's because I was in marching band, and you know, we were always. Saying it at attention, but the habit is I I don't do that. I don't even sing it. Uh, I don't. I'll play it, but I didn't have a choice when I was in college and high school. You know, we played it before games and whatever. Uh, but I I don't sing it, and I don't play it. And I know people don't. It may not matter to, me, to anybody else. You know, I'm not a, unpatriotic because I don't do it. You know, I I just understand. I had a great history uh, civics teacher, Mr. White. I mean, way back then, explained to us about this song. And when <laughs> when he explained it to it, i was like, wow, you know, it was liberating for me. But anyway, uh, that that sense of that sense of identity loss is causing what we're seeing in the political atmosphere today which gives the black church a tremendous opportunity to affect change because we, right now we can be liberated from the, from all political ideologies and uh, anything that is oppressive because we know it's being uncovered we're, we're seeing the intent you know you know, the scripture from out of the heart, the mouth speaks, and so we're seeing people speak outrage over silliness on some things, and it's amazing to me, you know, how how delineated politics is becoming. You're either with this or you're not with this. You're either for us or you're against us. You cannot be in the middle. You got to be on this side or not. You know, and I'm like, man, it don't don't work like that. Just because I may share. Some values, some ideologies with you uh if I see my black brother oppressed I'm going to my black brother or my black sister you know I'm not going to just say oh well, as yes, they fall because they're color, they should do better and i it, it grieves me when I see black commentators do that and when i when these- uh preachers like um uh Mark Burns, who is a uh trump supporter uh you know, you watched the news the other day you know he retweeted pictures of Hillary Clinton in blackface and 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 re uh reaffirmed Trump's message to what he said about the black community. and and what he said is actually true you know we can't deny the black the black communities urban communities where people of color exist are overwhelmingly disadvantaged underfunded you know at the bottom of everything we know this and part of it is liberal, you know, liberal democratic policies. The other part is, you know, Republican policies. Is all a political system that has kept us in oppression. Yes, there are places where the schools are failing. Yes, there are places where there is a large economic gap. But we can't blame that on political bottom. It's a system. Just like we're finding out there's a criminal justice system where people... Of color are overwhelmingly put into for you know for for wealth for the benefit of corporations, and that's just reality. So when Burns was not able to articulate, he had to you know he had to apologize and all that stuff. The The reality is, if we concentrated our efforts on who we are as people of Christ and people of faith. We gathered around that and then realize that we are people who are systematically oppressed. We're not just oppressed because, you know, in urban areas there's all this high crime and all this high poverty. All that. That, that's systemic. And we can change the habits and thoughts of our, power, our people by saying, look, the system does not have to be our system. We can create our own system. The party Doesn't have to be our party Democrat, Republican We can create our own party Why? Because we have something That they don't have We have an identity That is liberating Something that we can rally around We don't just need to use The death of black people At the hands of police officers As something to rally behind We don't need death That's that's not benefiting us It's just creating a greater sense of victimhood for somebody else uh, to say, oh, you need our help. No, we don't need your help. We need our own help. And for anybody to say that, and, and while your assistance is good, it ain't really benefiting us if it's systemically oppressing us at the same time. So that's what we need to do. We are in a new age of Black activism, black church activism. We have an opportunity to be a force of liberation, real liberation. And that's rebellion. That's just empowerment. That's what we need to be doing. Yeah, I know. It's easier said than done. But hey, I tell you this much. When we do it and when we, when we, when we, when we know that God is behind us doing it, we'll see the change that we want. We'll see the change that Obama didn't bring. We'll see the change that Hillary is not going to bring. We'll see the change that Trump is not going to bring. We'll see the change that only God can bring through us when we allow ourselves to do it. And we need to hurry up and do it. Time is running out. People are tired of being oppressed. They're tired of it. And before long, they're going to rise up. And it's going to lead to anarchism. And we don't need that. I don't want to see it now. I don't want to live. An anarchistic society. I want to live in a liberated society where folk can say I am free because who signs that free is free indeed. That's you know, that's my two cents. I got to get out of here. I appreciate you for tuning in. Listen, we'll tune uh, we'll get back in next week. Uh, God willing, we want you to make sure that you visit lorenzo uh, Go visit uh, all our uh, go back to um, the zero network on Facebook, and like that page, listen to the archive shows, download archive shows on your iTunes, iPod, all that stuff, wherever you are, we want you to be in. And we want you to support us as best you can. We appreciate you, and i got to get out of here. Run over my time, and this is Pastor Lorenzo Neal, and I'm out of here. God bless you.